Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Make and Decorate with Stephanie podcast. This is season five, episode 94. So today's main topic is making a checklist for your fall and winter decorating. And I also review Krista Watson's newest quilt book called How Do I Quilt It? Learn Modern Machine Quilting. So before I start the chit chat segment, I want to send a special thank you to my patrons. And I have a couple of new patrons from the past two months. Thank you so much. I hope you're enjoying the library of bonus episodes and extra video content. Without my patrons and all of you loyal listeners, I don't know if I could continue this podcast without you. For those of you who have commented, you've sent me messages, uh, DMs. Um, I just, uh, you just don't know how much that means to me. And maybe you do. Maybe I've, you know, replied and told you, but I'm just saying it again. It means so much to me. And I thank you so very much. Today, the day this episode publishes, November 3rd, is <laughs> is the day that I will be going to a meet and greet with Arne and Carlos at the Wool and Company Yarn Shop in Elgin, Illinois. This wool shop is, you know, quite a bit of a distance for me. It's probably with traffic going to take me about an hour and a half to get there. I'm going to leave really early, uh, giving myself enough time to, um, you know, get there. If I get there early, then there are plenty of coffee shops in the area because I've already scoped that out. (laughs) I'm going to an area that I've never driven before. And so, you know how that is when you're like, you know, checking the route and making sure you don't get lost, even though there is, I will have ways on. (laughs) What did we ever do without GPS? I just, I, I cannot tell you. I mean, I probably, although I have a good sense of direction, especially here, because Lake Michigan, that that's always east. So, um, and what's funny is <laughs> when we go to the lake uh, on the Michigan side of the lake, it is no longer east of us. It is north. And that is so confusing. Yeah. So this... Um, uh, event at the Woolen Company is a meet and greet with Arne and Carlos. Oh, I'm so excited. I've been looking forward to this for a while. And uh, I tell myself that this is happening, but my mind doesn't believe me. Even as I am saying this, <laughs> it just doesn't seem real. It doesn't, but I know it is. And when uh, just in a few days, I'm going to you know, head on out to that Wool and Company shop. Ugh. I just, uh, you know, everything with Arne and Carlos sold out immediately or before it was even published. And this uh, yarn shop was no exception because as soon as they announced uh, where they were going to be, I, I, I knew that they were going to be somewhere in this Chicagoland area because they had said as much. But the location 
was a secret until <laughs> until they did uh, announce it, and then everything was filled. So I am lucky to have secured uh, registration for the meet and greet. I hope that I, I I don't know what to expect at this meet and greet, but I do hope that. Um, they will sign a book. I think they might have said that. So I am looking forward to that. And speaking of signing a book, a few months back, I purchased an Arne and Carlos book from Thrift Books. And it's the hardcover book. Um, it was published in 2017. And it's called Arne and Carlos Favorite Designs. So it's kind of like a greatest hits compilation. Uh, and uh, I figured that now that I finally know how to to knit on double pointed needles, I could probably try one of their patterns since I have already made several of their Christmas ball patterns. And so I got that. And then I had the book for, I don't know, maybe a week or two. And then I am, because when I buy books, I immediately like flip through them. <laughs> so excited to, to have a new book and look at all the beautiful photographs, um, especially of Arne and Carlos. Their phot photography is beautiful. So I went back to the book and took more time with it. And guess what? They signed this book. Yes, in pen. It's <laughs> it's right there in, in ink. Arne and Carlos. And it said two, and I cannot pronounce the name. I think it is Norwegian or Scandinavian. Uh, but I saw that and I was <laughs> like stunned. I just, I was so exhilarated that I have a signed book from them. But at the same time, I was like, who gets rid of a treasure of a book like this? Who does that? And then the only thing I could come up with is, well, maybe it passed on to other family members that don't knit and really have no connection to it. So that's all I can come up with because really why I would never I would never in fact I am never going to get rid of this Arne and Carlos book um, but anyway so I will buy another book at the shop and hopefully they will sign it to me okay enough of that <laughs> uh, so let's I'm going to move on to the book review Crystal Watson sent me uh, her newest book, which I think it came out around July timeframe. And uh, again, I immediately flip through it and read through the book. And it is very good, of course. Now, Krista sent me the book and um, but does not require or ask um, me to definitely like, you know, review the book. If I like it, I can review it. But you know, there's no expectation that uh, you must review this book and you must give it a good review. So I just want to, you know, transparency here. So again, the book's name is called How Do I Quilt It? Learn Modern Machine Quilting. And um, 
if you have listened to my other, Krista's been on the show two times and talked about machine quilting. She has a YouTube channel. She has a Facebook group and she has her own line of fabrics with Ben Artex. Uh, and now she's got a sewing table design and Krista's Blocks with Arrow Sewing Furniture Company. And it is brilliant. I wish I thought of it, but they're just little mini walls where it will keep your quilt on the table. It won't fall off the edge and then have that heavy weight dragging on you and pulling at the machine uh, while you're trying to quilt it. So, uh, yeah, and this is her newest book. In the beginning of the book, she starts with the basics And I think this is probably, if I remember correctly, the first book that she's ever done this with as far as talking about everything you need to start quilting and why you need it and what it does and what it will do for you. (laughs) So she talks about the tools, sewing machine, presser feet, and sewing table, Then she goes over fabric choices and batting. There is a step-by-step section on preparing the quilt. So it goes through all the way to the backing, all the layers, and how to put them together. And then, of course, her ever-so-popular spray-based method is in the book. And then she gets into the fun stuff, which is quilting the quilt. There are walking foot designs with very clear diagrams on how to stitch the designs. And what I also like about this book and her other books is that they're consistent in design. So um, if you've used her previous books, um, like her 99 uh, quilt designs, It's done in the same format where she has diagrams of arrows that shows you how to um, machine quilt that particular quilting stitch. There's also a photograph and there's like a drawing of the actual quilt design. Uh, There's a paragraph describing it and there are variations on it. So it's very well done. That's why I like her book so much because I'm not really the best book learner as far as learning visual things from books. Um, For instance, double-pointed knitting. (laughs) I would not be able to learn that from a book. I had to learn that from YouTube. Walking uh, foot designs, and then there are also free motion quilting designs. Um, stitch in the ditch is one of the designs and I I think this stitch is really not heavily covered in how-to quilt books that I have read or had or looked at Uh, and it's not it's one of those stitches where 
you just have to practice in order to get better and better at it. Oh my gosh, I can remember the first time I was trying to do a stitch in the ditch. And this wasn't on quilting, this was on uh, clothing. Uh, so there was, an, uh, when you're, you're, you don't have that memory, muscle memory in your hands and your hand-eye coordination, uh, the line is not straight. So anyway, this is in this book, Stitch in the Ditch. And then there are about four quilt patterns in the book with step-by-step instructions and quilt design ideas with diagrams again and showing the quilting path. So if you are new to quilting, this probably is a must-have book because it goes through the entire process. It's a really great book. And here's another thing. I like the size of this book too. It's kind of like a medium size. So it's not too small and I, it's not too big. So sometimes those big books are unwieldy and sometimes you have those books at your sewing machine. Um, so you can kind of look at it while you're, you know, test quilting the stitches. Uh, so yeah, the size of the book is great too. So I really do like this book. And I think that if you're trying to learn machine quilting, uh, this would be a good one. And, but still, that her previous book, The 99 Quilt Designs, is my favorite book of hers, by the way. That is my favorite. I use a lot of quilting stitches from that book, and it is a wonderful reference book on quilt designs. As far as what I'm working on lately, there isn't a lot of sewing and quilting going on here. I am sewing um, a commission order of pillows. I talked about this before, I believe. Sometimes I get confused when I'm doing the Patreon bonus episode on which episode did I talk about this on. But anyway... Uh, the pillows are from a beautiful Pierre Frey linen fabric, and it has black sketched like dogs, and they're just the dog faces. And there's a bunch of dog faces uh, in a group of all different kinds of dog breeds. Uh, you have your popular ones of the French Bulldog and German Shepherd, and of course, there's a couple of lab dogs on there, but... One of the pillows I uh, need to make is of the Siberian Husky. And that dog face is on a selvage edge where the face is uh, not complete. It's like cut off. <laughs> and the other half of the face is on the opposite edge of the selvage. So that if you're, let's say, making drapery panels, then the next w length of fabric, you would stitch to the first length of fabric. You would be able to pattern match and create a seamless pattern match across both panels of fabric for that um, drapery. So I have to do this seamless pattern match for this one pillow of the Siberian Husky face. And I uh, I came up with this way of how to do it that makes sense to me, which is I took out my trusty old um, trace paper. I like that because it is uh, semi-transparent and I put it on top of um, part of the dog's face on one of the selvage edges and 
I traced that part of the face and a little bit of the design above and around it that would fit on the front uh, pillow case, um, the pillow front. And so that I took that and overlapped it with the rest of the dog's face on the other side of the fabric by the selvage. And I have allowed enough, um, and, and this fabric does as well. It allows enough of an overlap that you can overlap the fabrics and have a seam allowance, uh, and you will not miss anything. You will you will get like the the um, the total repeat once it's stitched together. So it's tricky, and uh, this is a super expensive fabric. So you know, no pressure there, right? <laughs> That's why I'm going very slow on this. That's the most tricky one. The rest of them are fine. Like. You, I could just cut them straight from the panel and around my template and uh, we'll be fine. So I'm in the middle of that. And right now I am waiting on some zipper tape. Uh, I'm going to put invisible zipper tape in there. And the tape that I had is the wrong size. It's too small. Uh, so I'm on pause for a few days until I get that in. And then I will be finishing that up in the next week. And the other thing that I think I might slip into the sewing <laughs> lineup is um, I'm in the Cashmere Club and uh, the October pattern is a robe and it's made from a woven fabric. Uh, so I got some, I, I thought for winter flannel would be so soft and snuggly. And I found this really cute llama fabric. It really is so cute. So I ordered that. I have that. And I want to make this robe. I'm hoping it's not um, that difficult. There's 10 pattern pieces. There's pockets and um, kind of like a facing that goes all the way around the length and around the neck. Uh, but otherwise it looks fairly straightforward. Don't I always say that? <laughs> it looks straightforward until you start sewing it. Uh, so I'm going to try to slip that in there because um, I, I need it. One other thing I will talk to you about is the knitting project that I've been working on, which is a sweater for a dog sweater for my dog, Cooper. And I'm more than halfway done now, but I am stuck. Oh, and it's probably the simplest thing. Um, and I think I just need to take a break from it. I have taken a break from it for a few days and then I'll go back. But this is where I have to connect the back of the sweater to the chest of the sweater. And there's two points of connecting into the round and it's not just a simple connection they say to cable cast on a couple of stitches and then you know continue through the back blah 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 but uh starting these cable stitches i'm like which 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 side of the stitch marker do you start this on i think you started on you know after the stitch marker but anyway like, uh, it's just, I'm going into way too much detail, but anyway, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. 
<laughs> and I need to get unstuck and finish that. Okay, so that's it. That is what I am currently working on. So now let's get into the main topic of today's episode, and that is a checklist for fall winter decorating. So I got some of this information from a magazine article from Southern Living, and also I pulled from my own um, experience and um, kind of like uh, I've worked with some organizers and design clients on entertaining, uh, getting them ready for their guests. And so I compiled this list for you. So we're going to start with, not my favorite thing, of course you know this, but it has to be done. Declutter and deep clean areas of your home that you normally skip. So this would be like nooks and, you know, areas where, you know, stuff like I don't know, you call them keeping areas. You keep stuff there until, you know, you're ready to put it away later. Uh, those types of areas. And light fixtures. So our light fixture in my kitchen is in desperate need of cleaning. Uh, there, <laughs> there is a layer of dust and there are they are glass cylinders um, over light bulbs and it's, it's like a hanging pendant and they're all at like different lengths. It's a really pretty light fixture, by the way. But anyway, I've got, I've got to take those cylinders down and clean them. Uh, cabinet exteriors and windows, those kind of things. That's really, you know, no fun, but, um, once you get it done, uh, I always feel better once I finally force myself to do this and also put away the summer stuff and start to bring out the fall winter things like, you know, cozy blankets and quilts. And also you can switch out decorative pillows for if you switch them out for seasons. Uh, going into the winter, I think it's fun to switch out, switch out your pillows with faux fur pillows and cable knit sweater type pillows. And um, it just really changes the look and the feel of your home. And it sort of even kind of makes it a little festive. And some, it's just, and also a fresh landscape for your eyes. Uh, and another thing is to check your spice rack for fall baking and cooking. Because you all know what happens when you're in the middle of making something and you're like, I thought I had whatever spice it was. I thought I had cinnamon and there's no cinnamon. And then it just, you know, puts a wrench in everything. So that's something. Spices are something that, you know, is not something that you kind of keep track of on a daily basis, right? So check those out for your cooking and baking. And while doing these not so fun cleaning activities, because you know how much I love to clean, not, <laughs> uh, simmer some fall aromatics like orange slices and cinnamon sticks and cloves on the stove top. Or you could use your diffuser and put some um, fall scented essential oils in the diffuser 
And uh, these warm and spicy fall scents helps to lift your spirits and look forward to the fun family times that are ahead of you with these holiday celebrations coming up right around the corner. Uh, I remember that whenever we were getting ready uh, for, you know, winter decorating and Christmas decorating, even for Thanksgiving, my mom would put that uh, little concoction onto the stovetop, a big pot of water with orange slices, cloves, and cinnamon sticks. And it just made the whole house smell so good. Uh, so do stuff like that and sort of give yourself, um, you know, just kind of like a, a little spa day while you're cleaning, I guess, if you want to call it that, <laughs> uh, aromatics, anything you could do to make the experience more fun and less of a drudgery. I'm all for that. And then another thing, and this is where I'm really bad at, but I love the amaryllis flowers, though they're like Christmas uh, flowers, and they take about four to six weeks to bloom when they're forced to bloom. And I always forget, I always forget these, to get these bulbs far enough in advance. So the first week of November, which is like right now, right now, Get your amaryllis bulbs if you're going to plant them. And you can plant them in a decorative container. This could make a really beautiful centerpiece on your table or on an end table or in an entryway. Those flowers are stunning. And the deep red ones really are beautiful. But they have so many different kinds. So if red is not your color, they have beautiful uh, pink ones and striped ones and white ones. They're just so beautiful. And if you don't want to plant them, you can just get them already planted, ready to grow in a decorative pot. So now is the time to do that. First week of November. Also, you want to get any interior wall painting done, uh, prior to the holidays. And it takes a lot longer to cure than you would think. It does, of course, it doesn't take that long to dry to the touch, but it's still um, very impressionable as far as if somebody, you know, nicks it with their bag or um, gets it dirty because you can't even wipe it or clean it for 14 days after you paint. And then it really doesn't cure until at least 30 days after you've painted, 30 to 60 days. I think 30 days, you're pretty safe. However, if you think you're going to paint the night before people are going to come over, it's not really a good idea. So think about doing that uh, right about now. Also, um, oh, that's it. All right. Now let's talk about some of the fun stuff. So pull out your fall and winter decorations. And I know some people do not like to decorate for fall just to take it all down in a few weeks to decorate for Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa. However, you can put touches of fall that are easy to swap out when changing out decorations 
And I I just think it's nice. You don't really have to go all out and like put garlands everywhere and um, pumpkins everywhere. But it's just nice to create a few vignettes and a few focal points. And then I like to use items to decorate for fall that I can keep out throughout winter. And for example, I have these small um, fabric tweed pumpkins and they are perfect for putting out right now. But then after Thanksgiving and after November and we officially get into winter and then the holidays, uh, I keep them out and I put them in a decorative bowl together with some uh, pine cones and maybe small ornaments. And it's festive and it's it still looks great. So I don't have to like put them away. <laughs> they stay out and they're still wintry looking and, and pretty. Uh, so you just don't have to um, not decorate at all, but just put a few touches like that. Uh, and also maybe like with your candles, those are easy to switch out. Uh, if you have those mini wall quilt hanging. Sometimes you guys have those. I don't yet, but it, I think it would be fun to have seasonal uh, wall quilt hangings that can be changed out seasonally. Uh, so that's really fun to do. So do a little something for Thanksgiving fall decorating that uh, will be easy for you to switch out when you start decorating for Christmas and so forth. All right, so let's talk about dining table decorating and prep. I have talked about this before, but uh, I have some new ideas to give you. And it's um, one of the things, and I, I have said this before, but I'm going to say it again. Set your Thanksgiving table a day or two early or even up to a week before your event. It takes time that you won't have when guests start coming over and you're up to your ears in cooking and baking and entertaining. I mean, it is so energy zapping when you are hosting family in your home and let's say if they're staying with you for a week or so, um, you feel like you just really have to attend to all their needs and it just is exhausting. So just think about that and pace things out to where you're not overexerting yourself, yet you are still going to have the most beautiful dining table setting uh, with a... Uh, no last minute stressful, um, you know, times. As you know, Satsuma oranges are a favorite table decoration of mine, but I do like to change it up a bit. And this year, since I grew a bunch of beautiful gourds, they're really pretty. There's two different kinds. There's a real smooth skinned gourd and it's a yellow uh, light, kind of a pale yellow. And then there's another kind that is a really 
deep sunflower yellow gold. And that's got texture. It's got the little bumpily texture. And the two of those together are so pretty. So those can go on the Thanksgiving table. And um, you can set them on a platter or in a you know, wooden bowl or whatever type of vessel you have, but you don't even need to do that. If you have a table runner, they can just sit on there and you can stand one up and uh, right next to it, lay one down on its side. And you can flank a centerpiece, like a floral centerpiece. And uh, that's all you need. I mean, you don't need too much uh, to make a really beautiful table. And honestly, you're going to need a lot of space to put all of the dishes, you know, your your side dishes and your main course and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so there, you know, you also have to be aware of that, because if you fill up this table, <laughs> you're going to end up having to clear it off in order to put your, your meal on there. And that pumpkin, I, I really like this idea of... You can do it with a real pumpkin, but you don't have to. And something that's a lot less messy and you can keep and use over and over is one of those, um, I think they're called funkins, but they are faux pumpkins that you can find at Michael's, Joann's, you know, crafty type stores like that. And you just cut off the top and you can put in a, a vase with water inside of that pumpkin. Uh, so the pumpkin is really acting like the vase, but people aren't going to see the other vase inside with the water in it. And then you put your flowers in there. And uh, it is a very beautiful fall centerpiece. The dining table, too, is a really great place to show off your handmade table linens. And whether you combine ready-made tablecloths with your handmade placemats or handmade napkins, uh, they don't all have to like be from the same collection. You know, mixing and matching is really fun and makes things look more interesting and collected. So Let's say, you know, you just um, have made napkins. It's really nice to have those out. And they are going to be a conversation piece as well as uh, very beautiful um, table linens. Speaking of napkins, if you kind of go that step further and you use napkin rings, you could also make those from things from nature. You can um, hot glue or attach fall leaves, acorns, or a berry twig. Berry twigs are a favorite of mine. Uh, or you don't even have to, you know, like some people are fortunate enough that they have those types of trees and, and um, berry, you know, twig type bushes in, in their yard. But if you don't, then you can just do store-bought ones. I love, right now, uh, they have hypericum berries out everywhere, and they're these little um, burgundy berries that are probably about a half inch tall. Uh, and those are actually really special to me and my husband because they were part of our wedding 
um, flowers, his boutonniere and my bouquet. And I just love hypericum berries. And just um, a twig of those um, glued onto a piece of twine that's wrapped around a napkin is just beautiful and gorgeous. You could also add a little leaf to it to kind of make it a little bit more full. So if you have the time and if you want to make these types of things, then you know, start early and have fun with it um, or or not. <laughs> so just just kind of make a checklist for you and how you're going to do your holiday. How much level of investment of your time do you want to make? And um, if you just kind of want you, you still want a really nice decorated look, but uh, a, a lot less investment in time. Just do those, you know, few store-bought things like little pumpkins and gourds or Satsuma oranges down the center of the table with a simple floral arrangement or candles, and that's it. You're done. One thing I have learned over the years is to plan ahead and to break up tasks into small ones. It's the same concept as taking 15 minutes a day to do something, whether it's uh, tidying up or spending 15 minutes on a craft, on a quilt that you're in the middle of. Uh, and then most of the times when you start doing that, you after a while, you really start to see some progress and it makes you feel better, you're accomplished, and you're getting things done. So put this also into practice for your holiday preps, and then you will be able to enjoy it so much more than cramming it all in <laughs> the week before or even the dreaded night before, where you stay up till 4 a.m., getting all the stuff done, and then you're half asleep, irritable uh, the next day when you're supposed to be having a great time with your family and friends. Another time saver is to use your Cricut maker or whatever cutting machine you might have. Uh, you could quickly make place cards out of uh, your Cricut and some cardstock, menus, um, you can get creative and have fun and you could delegate this task to your kids. Kids love making things on the Cricut machine. Uh, and if they're old enough, then they'll know how to, you know, pull stuff up in the Cricut design software, or the silhouette software. And if not, if you're doing this like I do, uh, I do batch sessions of things. And I love doing it that way because I make such a mess with all of the card, different card stocks and the, um, you know, embossing stuff, the ink pads, the stamps, <laughs> stencils, all that stuff. And it's so bizarre because I first start off with this nice clean space and I pull out a couple of the containers with my supplies and before I know it, I look up and it is a hurricane mess of craft supplies all over the table. I just, it's crazy. So that's not something that I want to keep pulling out for every little tiny thing. So I kind of like store up, you know, a list of things that I need to do 
And like um, this summer, I did a whole batch of cards for birthdays and um, other uh, events. And that is the way to go. Batching your Cricut stuff is great. So think about Thanksgiving and Christmas. And you could make gift tags as well as your Thanksgiving and and holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, table decorations, cards, whatever, on the Cricut. Like, just think of everything you kind of want to do and take a day and do it in a batch. Uh, it's actually pretty much, it's a lot of fun. And then when you're done, you're done. And you don't have to pull out that machine and all your supplies again until the next time you want to do a batch of Cricut Crafts. Then after Thanksgiving, switching out decorations will be quick and easy for you. And then you do a, let's use this analogy of rinse and repeat for December holidays. <laughs> and finally, I will give you some sources for decorating inspiration. Of course, there is the usual digital social media like Pinterest, Instagram, and TikTok. But, you know, don't forget about the good old-fashioned shelter magazines like House Beautiful, Veranda, uh, Southern Accents is a good one, and um, Flower Magazine. This magazine is pretty much dedicated to working with flowers. They have these gorgeous floral arrangements. They'll have some how-tos to create a floral arrangement. So that's a really great magazine. I really love it. And oh, the flowers just look so beautiful. And, and it, they're so nice to look at. Also, I like to look at retail catalogs like Williams-Sonoma, Ballard Designs, uh, terrain is a good one if you're a bit more into natural things, nature and minimal design. And Frontgate and a favorite, another favorite of mine is Balsam Hill. They all have great uh, decorated photo shoot type pages where, you know, it just, you might find just one little thing that you see on one of their photos and it could sort of start the uh, ball rolling of your creative ideas on, you know, how you're going to freshen up your, your decor this year or, um, you know, just a general source of ideas. The other resource I wanted to mention is Nashville Wraps. Nashville Wraps is an online resource for bulk wrapping supplies. They're geared toward the retail shopping industry, so they have a lot of bulk type items, but they also sell to everyday consumers and they have a smaller amounts of things like wrapping paper and bows and ribbons in smaller quantities that you can order from them. Last year, I wanted to simplify the gifting, gift wrapping, and because it's just, it gets so crazy when <laughs> you're reaching for seven, 10 different types of wrapping papers. They're all different color um 
themes, and then you got to find the appropriate uh, ribbons and bows and tags and that and all of that. Uh, so I simplified it, and I I did, I got one color palette, and I got a, a large roll of wrapping paper. It was double sided, so I really got two wrapping papers in one, and I could use one or the other side, and that you know kind of created some variety. And then I got a few different uh, styles of uh, bows, the curly, spirally bows that are really pretty, and uh, t- uh, one single color of tissue paper. Uh, oh, and I also got a, a roll of satin ribbon, too, because I love satin ribbon uh, gift wrapping. And that's it. So simple. It really saved me time and energy. And all I had to do was pull out the one roll of wrapping paper, the one stack of tissue. I mean, it was just so easy. And I'm so glad I did that. And I have so much left over that I can continue that this year. I will need to get some more bows, but uh, I could still use that same wrapping paper. And, you know, I know it's going to be the same, but are they really going to remember? Probably not. And of course, There is the ever-reliable dollar store for wrapping supplies. I love the dollar store for wrapping supplies. I I get the wrapping paper and bows all the time for my nieces and nephews' birthday gifts, and it's wonderful because it all gets tossed after the gifts are open anyway. In summary, the checklist for fall and winter decorating starts now. Get those amaryllis bulbs ordered if you haven't already and start a checklist for the things that will take the longest, like painting, if that needs to be done. Uh, Get those on your list and your calendar and go through the next couple of months with everything that you will need to complete and to get it done in smaller chunks of time where it's not all so overwhelming and you're doing everything all at once. I would also schedule some time in there for yourself. Set aside some time on the weekends or in the evenings, some time where you're not doing a task for the holidays. You need a break and you need to refresh and renew. So whether it's a weekend day or it's just, you know, a half hour here or there, take that time for yourself. I've learned that the hard way as well. It is not selfish. It is self-care. Also, don't forget the aromatics because I will tell you that just smelling those warm autumn scents just will feel very cozy, warm, and inviting. Okay, it is time to announce the winner of this Free Spirit Fabrics Fat Quarter Bundle of George Mendoza's new fabric line, Spirit Winds. And that winner is Martha Landis. Martha, please email me at Info at make and decorate, all spelled out, all three words together. Info at make and decorate.com 
Send me your address to where you want your fat quarter bundle shipped and I will get it out to you ASAP. Again, thank you Free Spirit Fabrics for giving this fat quarter bundle to one of my listeners. I really appreciate it. On the next episode, I have a returning guest, Heidi Parks. Heidi has so many new and exciting things going on with her art, online classes, teaching events, and more. So do not miss that episode coming up on November 17th. All right, everyone, that's it for this episode. I wish you a beautiful November and really enjoy making and decorating for the fall and winter. Bye-bye. If you would like a bonus episode every month, become a patron and support the Make and Decorate podcast show at my Patreon page, Make and Decorate. For extended show notes with links and photos to what we've talked about, visit my podcast blog at makeanddecorate.com. And remember to take some time for yourself to be creative. Bye-bye.